We are on Ksubis Chafhei Amabez 25b, towards the middle of the page. And so we've been discussing what happens in different scenarios where we know that a person is doing something. They're doing something, so is it enough, something that Kohanim uh, generally do, is that enough to first establish them as a Kohen or not? Uh, so, somebody came in front of Reish Lakish. Amar Lay, he said to Reish Lakish, I know that such and such a person is a Kohen. Amar Lay, Ramar, you said, how do you know? What did you see? Amar Lay, Amar Lay, Shakara Rishon Babesak Nessus. Similar to what we had in the last class, that I saw that he got the first Aliyah. The first Aliyah is generally given to the Kohen. It is given to the Kohen if there's if there's a Kohen present. I saw that he got the first Aliyah. So he says back to him, wait a minute. Did you also see that he received Truma when they were when people were collecting Truma? Okay, that's one sign that he got the first Aliyah. He received the first Aliyah, so therefore he's a Kohen. But there's other things that he has to be doing. So did you also see that he received the Truma when they were giving out the Truma? Did you see that? So Amalei so Rabbi Lazar responds back to Reish Lakish. Rabbi Lazar was also of, was younger than Reish Lakish. So he responds back to Reish Lakish and he says, um, I don't understand. And let's say there was no opportunity to receive Truma. There, does that mean that he shouldn't receive the Kuhuna status? Okay, we see that he did one thing. It's not like we have some reason to assume otherwise. It's not like he did something wrong just because who said that they were giving out truma. Maybe they weren't even giving out truma. If they weren't giving out truma and I didn't see anything about it, so it could be that I didn't see anything about it because they weren't giving it out. So uh, it's not uh, you should, he shouldn't be at fault for the fact that we're in a place where they just didn't give it out. So we should really, this is what Rabbi Lazar says, we should really trust uh, this uh, testimony to assume that he is a Kohen. Now we're going to see, we're going to have the same exact story. The same exact story with um, with Rabbi Lazar's teacher, with Rabbi Yochanan. So let's see this now. And so we have the following story where somebody came in front of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan is Rabbi Lazar's teacher. He was colleagues with Rish Lakish. They had a very interesting and uh, towards uh, later on in their lives, a very close relationship. So the same story happens. A person comes in front of him and says that I know that he received the first Aliyah. So the same story, Rish Lakish, the same Rish Lakish, says, well, did you see him receive Truma? And so Rabbi Yochanan gives the same exact argument as Rabbi Lazar. I don't understand. Uh, Rabbi Yochanan says, just because there is no opportunity to receive Truma, does that mean we're going to uh, remove the Kahuna status, the Kohen status from this person? We do have some level of evidence, the fact that he received the first Aliyah. So just because we don't have everything, it could just be because they didn't divide up the Truma here in this place. So therefore, we're going to uh, go back on his Kahuna status. We're going we're gonna to prevent him from being a Kohen? No, we shouldn't do that. So Rabbi Yochanan gave the same argument in the next story as his student, Rabbi Lazar. So Rish Lakish, who's the one who's questioning all of this, he picks up on what's happening. And he sort of sees that Rabbi Lazar gave the same argument as Rabbi Lazar's teacher, Rabbi Yochanan, which really means that Rabbi Lazar heard this from his teacher, Rabbi Yochanan. So now Rish Lakish gets upset. 
He says, he gives him a look, and he says, I don't understand. Why didn't you say this in the name of Rabbi Yochanan? You should have said this in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, your teacher. And Rashi adds, not only should have you said something in the name of your teacher, because there's a concept that whenever you say something in the name of somebody else, you should always uh, say it who you heard it from. You shouldn't say, make it look like it's your own idea. No, you should quote the original source. So how come here, so Rabbi Lazar, is uh, not quoting the original source. Rish Lakish is giving him a look. But beyond that, Rashi says, and if you would have quoted Rabbi Yochanan, I would have accepted the halacha because you were just saying it from yourself. Uh, and he's also younger than Rish Lakish, so I would not have accepted it. But if you would have said it in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, I would have accepted it. And so he gives him this look. Now, what's the answer? Why did Rabbi Lazar, if he actually heard this, from his teacher, Rabbi Yochanan, why didn't he say it in his name? So some of the commentators point out, it's because it should be obvious. We have Gemara's elsewhere. Yehoshua, the student of Moshe, every single time he spoke, he didn't say, oh, uh, this is in the name of Moshe, this is in the name of Moshe. This is, no, it's obvious. He's a student of Moshe. What he's saying is obviously, he's just, uh, he's he's an evet to Moshe. He's, he's serving Moshe and he, everything he says is in the name of Moshe. So to hear, it could be that Rabbi Lazar, Everything he says is in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. And so therefore, he didn't have to say explicitly that this is originally from Rabbi Yochanan. Okay, that is the conclusion of that story. Okay, now we have a new case in the Gemara. The Gemara is now going to quote a two different statements by two different rabbis. We don't know which one said, said what, but also it's about uh, whether or not we accept testimony a bit about uh, about the status of kahuna for somebody. What's interesting in these cases is that, is that these are relatives. Relatives are testifying on other relatives, either a father to a son or brother to brother, about their status either as a kohen or as a levi. Now, it's interesting to point out, just to review, there is a concept that we have of eid echanam that one person is believed when it comes to defining a status. Let's say to say if something's kosher or not kosher, we trust one witness. Not only do we trust one witness, we trust yourself to for yourself to say that this is kosher for myself or even kosher for a relative. So why would, in this case, it's also about defining status. It is about defining status. So why, in this case, would it be any different? So this is a discussion that we've had in the past, but just to review, there is one of the commentators, the Rush, discusses this. And essentially, there's different ways to understand this, but essentially, either because there's a, there's a higher level of concern here that we're concerned that um, because this really impacts the uh, all future children and uh, generations, so therefore there's a concern that somebody's lying here as a they're not telling the truth as a as a relative. They want to help the other relative out. Um, alternatively, it could be that this is actually not just about a status, but it's also a monetary issue. When it comes to a monetary issue, everybody agrees we need two witnesses. Um, so over here, we don't need two witnesses. Uh, but this is a monetary issue because of the truma. You know, the truma is given specifically to the Kohen, uh, and only the Kohen could eat it. Uh, so that's uh, something that's a, that's a monetary issue. That's food that's given to the Kohen. In fact, the Levi, he also receives a portion. He receives Meiser Rishon. He receives a 10% of the produce. Uh, he could then, according to uh, some opinions, he could then give it to a Yisrael. He doesn't, other people could also eat it. But it's at least initially given to him. So you could say that it has monetary implications as well. 
So, okay, it's not all about monetary issues, but it's, you know, we don't require two witnesses, but at the very least, it has to be one witness, but it can't be a relative. It doesn't seem like it could be a relative, at least at first glance. So what are the two statements here? Let's see this in the Gemara. Rebbe v'Rebichia. We have two rabbis, Rebbe and Rebichia. So we don't know, we know that there was two statements said, one said one, one said the other. We don't know who said which one. One said that a father can testify about their own son, about their status of being a Kohen. And one said that one brother can testify about the other brother about being a Levi. So in one case, there's two different factors here. One is who is testifying, the father to a son or brother to brother. And what are they testifying about? Are they testifying about the Kohen status or are they testifying about the Levi status? So the main focus is really on who is testifying. Is it father to son or is it brother to brother? Now, in these cases of father to son, according to most of the uh, commentators on the page of the Gemara and the earlier commentators, we're dealing with a case where the person is saying that this is my son. We didn't know that this person was the son. You should know this person is my son and he's a Kohen. It's not that it's referring to a case where we knew that it was his son and now all of a sudden he's revealing to us that he himself is a Kohen and my son is a Kohen. No, the case here that we're talking about is a case where he's saying that this is my son. I'm letting you know this is my son. And now that we know that this is my son, you knew that I was a Kohen, so he's also a Kohen. So it's time to Rebbe Hela Ben so the Gemara wants to say, let us prove that Rebbe is the one who said that the father could testify about the son about the son's status as a Kohen. Titania, because we have the following Rebbe says, the same Rebbe that we're trying to prove this says, that a person who comes and says, this is my child, you should know this is my child, and he's also a Kohen. He's testifying about both. So that's believed to give him Truma. He's not believed to get to 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 get married, uh, at, for, to get married meaning to allow him to to marry somebody um, out of concern that might be he might be a chalal. Uh So we don't allow him to get married out of this concern that he's a chalal, He's a disqualified kohen, and so therefore it, it it's not sufficient for future generations for the status of the children and the grandchildren. Uh, but it is good enough to give him truma, like we've seen in the past. We've seen this idea in the past. That uh, you could differentiate between different types of uh, levels of credibility. That we say it's good enough for truma, but we have a higher standard when it comes to um, uh, the lineage and the, and, the, and the children, the grandchildren, and all future generations. So Rebbe says this is believed with regards to truma. So the father is believed with regards to the son with regards to truma. So that seems to be Rebbe. So the Bryson continues. Amr lo Rebbe Chia. Rebbe Chia says, I don't understand. He says, I understand. If you believe him, he says, I understand. What is these, these different levels? If you believe him for truma, you should believe him to allow him to get married uh, so that all future children are, co- are viewed as full-fledged kohanim. And if you're not going to believe him for truma, sorry, if you're not going to believe him with regards to getting married and the future children, so then don't believe him with regards to truma. Which is a pretty strange statement by Rebchia. Until now, we've been saying that there's different levels uh, of credibility that are required for different ramifications. For truma, it could be a lower level. When it comes to the children and the status of being a full-fledged Kohen, to pass that down from children to children, from generation to generation, that requires a higher level. So what exactly is Rebbe Chia saying here? That 
if uh, if you're going to believe him, you have to believe him throughout. If you're not going to believe him, you have to not believe him throughout. What exactly is going on here? So just to quickly explain, one of the commentators explains that Rubchia thought that the reason why we should believe the father with regards to the son is not based on any of these principles, but it's based on a new principle that a new unique principle uh, that is found elsewhere in other pages of the, of, of on other tractates, which is the concept of yakir. The Torah tells us that a father is believed to say that this is my son. A father has the believable he's believed to say this is my son, this is my bachor, this is my firstborn, with regards to Yerusha inheritance, because the firstborn receives double from the Torah. Um, and so they're believed for that. They're according to to one opinion, they're also believed to say the status of their son uh, as being a mamzer or uh, somebody who is disqualified. The question is, Rabbi Chia thought that a father's also completely believed. The Torah says a father has a certain uh, believability that doesn't apply to anybody else to say that this this person is um, is a Kohen. Does, that's what Rabbi Chia thought. That from the Torah, a father has believability to say, they're believed to say that this is my son, that this is my firstborn, according to some that this, is, this child is a mamzer, um, and uh, now Rabbi Chia thought it's also believed to say that this person is a Kohen and if, he, if this father is believed to say that he's a Kohen so then he should believe through and through now in the end of the day it's not true Rabbi says it's not true we don't have that higher level of manus of credibility for the father um, why that is is a longer discussion but at the end of the day the father does not he can be believed to say this is my son he can be believed to say this is my Firstborn, according to some, he's believed to say that he's a mamzer, but he's not believed to say that he's a Kohen from that verse alone. From that verse alone. It could be based on other reasons, but not from that verse alone. So Amalei, Rebbe says back, I'll tell you the logic behind my, my, uh, my ruling. So I'll explain it as follows. According to some of the commentators, what it's saying here is that no, when will I, why do I believe him with regards to Truma? Because he has amigu. Again, amigu is the concept that I could have said something else. I didn't have to say that this was my son. I could have just said that this was some random person. And I'm testifying about him that he is a Kohen. So therefore, I should be believed. I didn't have to tell you that he was my son. I could have just told you that he was a Kohen. And uh, then I would have, been believe- would have been believed. So now that I tell you that he's my son, so then still believe me. And so that's the logic. The logic is based on this concept of Amigu, that he didn't have to say that it was my son. And that's the position of Rebbe. So Rebbe, in the end of the day, the Gemara says that Rebbe is the opinion that says that a father could testify about their son, that their son is a Kohen. So the Gemara now says, Rebbe says that once the Gemara says that once we proved that Rebbe is the opinion that says that a father could testify about their son with regards to being a Kohen, so then Rebbe Chia can then is the, is, must be the author, must be the position that holds that a brother could testify about another brother with regards to being a Levi. So the Gemara says, why would you differentiate between the two? What's the difference between a brother testifying about a brother? <coughs> Where Rebbe Chia says you are believed, as opposed to a father testifying about a son, where he says you're not believed. What's the difference between the two cases? The Gemara says that according to Rebichia, what's the difference that a father cannot testify about the son? Because they're a relative. 
a bro- if they can't testify, a father can't testify about the son because they're relative, a brother also shouldn't be able to testify about another brother because they are related. What's the difference between the two? So the Gemara is going to answer that it's really, really, it's not based on testimony. We're not, we're not based on testimony in this case. It's true. A brother cannot testify about another brother uh, as a formal testimony because they're related. But really, it's based on the concept of Mesiach Lefitumo. It's based on the concept that he was just, he happened to be talking about it in the context of some other story. So he was talking about it. It wasn't uh, for the purpose of testifying about his brother. There's a new concept called Mesiach Lefitumo that a person is believed, even if they're generally not believed, let's say in the context of testimony, but they're believed if they just happen to be talking about it in conversation. If they're talking about it in conversation, so then they are believed uh, to say that their brother, if they just happen to say that, you know, my brother is, I'm a Levi, my brother's, this person's my brother, and he's also a Levi, but it's within conversation, it's not direct testimony, so then we will believe him. He'll be believed for that form of, uh, for that, within that conversation, even though he won't be believed generally in the context of a testimony. A few more lines. Kihad Amr of Yehud Amr Shmuel, Ran Chavav of 26a, uh, as Shmuel says, There's the following story of somebody who was just talking in conversation. I remember that when I was a child and my father put me on his shoulders, he took me out of school, and used to have me go to the mikvah so that I would eat from the truma at night. So he's just talking about childhood experiences. And so therefore he said, in that context, he says, that he ate truma, so that's good enough for to prove that he is a uh, he is a kohen. For bechiyim b'sayimba v'chaveira b'dilim b'mani v'yukarnosi yochanan ochel chalos v'heli rebbe l'kuna alpiv. And similarly, there's another story where a person said that uh, there were times where my my friends would call me yochanan, the one who eats chala, which was given to the kohen. So also in conversation, he's talking about what happened as a child, and rebbe said we could that's good enough te- that's good enough for testimony to say. That he is a Kohen. So a father can testify about the son, or a brother can testify about another brother, according to Rabbi Chia, only in the context of Mesiach Levitumo, only in the context of they're in the middle of, a, of some random conversation, but not for the purposes of testimony. So these are the two opinions, Rebbe and Rabbi Chia. Uh, Rebbe says that uh, a father could testify about the son in general because he didn't have to say that it was, he was the son. He could have just said he was just some random Kohen. And brothers could testify on each other, according to Rebichia, only in the context of a uh, an outside conversation, not for, not not specifically for the purposes of testimony. Okay, we will stop here. We're towards the top of Chavav Manal 26a, and we'll continue with the Gemara in the next recording.